podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the transfer show on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Denny. The window is closed and I'm sitting here in my field in beautiful rural Ireland about to chat to Mr. Dave Davis for what officially at least will be the last one of these shows with all the business done. And perhaps for some of you, it's a blessed relief uh, for us. It's with uh, a massive bit of regret that we wrap up this show which we do enjoy doing very much even if it's only to laugh at other people and our own comparative inactivity however Dave at least there was a bit of business right at the death the Reds did get someone in on deadline day and I suppose we're going to have to satisfy ourselves with that and it will be of course our jumping off point but just before we get started into the nitty-gritty and our usual routine your initial response to the window as a whole for the Reds in the wider sense what do you reckon? Probably the word I would use Trev is I'm whelmed I'm not underwhelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm just a bit whelmed type of thing. I literally look at it and think some of the additions, you should be positive in the midfield. No doubts about it. But four additions, if someone had said to you four additions at the start of the window, you'd have probably gone, I suspect, you know, if everyone's being honest, OK, that'll be three midfielders. Hopefully they're good quality and a, and a defender we can probably make do. But to know it's four midfielders, there's a there's a bit of positivity in that. I don't I don't want to go all doom and gloom, but to not have brought a single defender in, it, it very much feels almost like I told you we're almost a cut and shove job. But the the, the midfield and attack is like the shiny Ferrari, the bonnet's being glistened, the cheekers are a calling type of thing. But then they see the back bit is held together with WD forty and duct tape, and hoping hoping that a strong wind doesn't sort of blow us off the motorway job. So I'm whelmed, Trev. We'll call it that. I think that's fair. And we will get into a bigger overall assessment of where we feel uh, and how we feel about the window as a whole as we get into it. Um, but it is important just to flag it at the start because people are going to pick up on whatever tone we've got going on through this. Um, I, I last night decided to 100% commit to the Andy Robertson is now going to become the massive leader that we all suspect he can be and has been at certain times and, and be consistent throughout the season because here's where we're at. I think we actually need him to do that if we're going to win anything. Um, and we also need a couple of the other lads to be slightly less fragile back there. But there's nothing else we can do about it at this stage. And I think an awful lot of people will be very, very relieved at that, especially the types who have been just saying, let's get on with it, trust in Klopp, the, I support the lads as if we don't. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what this group can do. And 
you know, you touched on something there. We did say right back at the start, uh, a, a lot of us were saying we need three midfielders, and that was before the two left. We've ended up with four, so I can see a certain logic there. Um, and the defend the defenders were the second uh, tier of priority. Um, and the four midfielders we've got in are very, very uh, interesting guys. We know at least two of them are world class. Graven Birch, our new boy, has the potential to get there. And Endo is a very good, solid citizen. So, I mean, we will take that package all day and twice on Sundays. It's just that we're all ignoring the elephant in the room if we don't address the fact that we were clearly after someone who had a different profile and we didn't get that. Um, so now it's going to be about how we... Uh, improvise uh, and I don't really like the concept of improvisation with my club when we have the potential to win the league that's all it's about so la- that's the end of any negativity for me as well I want to get it out of the way you've got a chance to to give your sort of initial impressions but we do have an upbeat story to begin with we have signed Ryan Gravenberch Perhaps for some reason, he's become sort of bogged down in in sort of notions of negativity uh, um, for different reasons. And there are a lot of stories out there. But this is a kid who's very, very young, full of potential. And I think, Dave, if we're being honest, by the time the transfer happened, I know I was very grateful it did because it was... (laughs) as only Liverpool can do, as only the transfer window deadline day can do, suffused in drama. Um, Flights not taken off and uh, silence until the very, very, very last minute. So it was quite the, uh, it was quite the little twist in terms of the drama about Ryan Gravenberch's arrival. Maybe you might walk us through the process for those who weren't able to deal with the drama of transfer deadline day and decide to give it a wide berth and just listen to us wrap it up here. Oh boy, was it, Trev. And in the quieter words of Judas Iscariot to Jesus Christ at the crucifixion, we live for this shit, don't we? Eh? There was drama galore Thursday night. Like you say, the deal breaks. And then, obviously, everyone's doing the plane tracking. They go on. And then Plettenberg especially breaks it, followed by Romano. Flight cancelled. Ryan Gravenberch will not travel on Thursday night. And everyone at the time is actually thinking, hey, what's going on is this? But Everyone quick to stay. No, it's just a small delay. Then we fast forward very few hours to Friday morning, Trev, and the plane trackers are hard back at it, aren't they? Munich to Liverpool, and everyone starts posting that Ryan Gravenberch has feet, boots on the ground, the famous saying, eh? Early, about 8am, give or take, Friday morning. So everyone's now thinking, Trev, aren't they? Brilliant, going to be registered in time, get that mid Midday deadline for the Villa game, etc., etc. Brilliant. Has his, we know he has his medical. We get all things out. Oh, you know, the normal leakings, it's passed. And we're waiting, Trev. And we're waiting. And then we, it kind of goes a bit quiet. And we're kind of starting to just pay attention to something we hadn't been before, i.e., Jal Paulinia was the replacement, wasn't he? That was a suggestion. One in, one out. Bit of a, a chain reaction type of thing. But. That deal starts to stall, doesn't it? And then about four o'clock, Trev, all the German pundits, your normal Plettenbergs, Romanos, et cetera, et cetera, are all saying, they might not get this done in time, you know. Palhine has done his medical, he's posed with the shirt, he's done his media, but they're not going to get it done in time. And then just after five, it breaks, doesn't it, Trev? Like, the Palhine deal's not got done in time. It's off. 
And naturally we're like, holy shit, does this mean, or what does this mean type of thing? However, there are a few saviors and heroes coming all shapes and sizes. So big shout out to, to Chris Williams on his Beether with his shisha smoking away, does his research and tweets that bias sources are telling us that this deal is not affected by Palinia. And then we're all just waiting for the announcement because we sort of eased off. But we're not fully eased off, Trev, because we're thinking, come on. And then people say it's going to be seven. It's not seven. It's going to be eight. Doesn't happen. It's going to be nine. Obviously, we're thinking this is just ticking down. However, quarter to ten, it's announced. And God bless the media team. They've got him in the same pose, also the opposite side, mirrored of that one when he had the Liverpool shirt on back in the day. The player seems keen. Klopp seems keen. You've seen all the interviews and different bits. But, yeah, it was a bit of drama. It was built, but we got him. We did. Now, the I, th- I think most of us were very heartened um, by his arrival at the end of the day because um, even if you were kind of against whatever the, the profile of player that the Gravenberg is and you were bent out of shape about, well, we clearly need this, that and the other for whatever your reasons were. Um, it's a new lad at Liverpool and he has massive potential. So that should then supersede every other feeling and there's a, an excitement level that goes with it. Um, he seems like a, a good lad on the initial impressions that we got from the little bits of media exposure the club arranged last night. And you seem to have, have had access to uh, some f- feedback um, from the manager, which I haven't seen yet. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you have to say here about the type of player that he is. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, as you know, the briefing's been for a few weeks from the patch journals. It's that phrase, isn't it, Trev? Multifunctional. That's what's kept being, you know, parroted that... Going back a few weeks, you know, for, forget your specialist six, decore, that type of thing, probably off the table. You know, it's a, it's a multifunctional and they've name checked names. And listen, it's about being wise after the event. But we've said for weeks, haven't we? We always felt it would be grav or no one. And look what's happened. This one is interesting because Klopp said it. The players also said it. So he mentioned it in the, the interviews, the bits of embargo, that very much he's, they're both using the same phrase, Trev box to box that's been parroted a couple of times in the embargo by the player by the manager so box to box the eight he's even talked about that himself grabbing birch and i even did a few bits for for anfield index with you know dutch experts with german experts on the the player last night and everyone is saying the same thing this kid is a box to box 
player. Even Tuchel said he doesn't really fit our system because of what we're trying to play. But Liverpool, you know, with their four-three-three style option, you know, he's, he's an A. Key takeaway from me, Trev: zero belief from a lot of pundits, zero mention that Gravenberch can play the six, as was suggested by certain people at times. Now, who knows? Time will tell on this, but. For all his talent, potential, whatever you want to call it, I think multifunctional might be stretching it, put it that way. It's very interesting, that. That is very interesting. Um, yeah, now look, we had Ginny Wijnaldum, who, for all I knew, uh, before he arrived, was an attacking midfielder, and he was... Converted by Klapo, he may well have played where he played for us earlier in his career um, um, before Newcastle, and I, I can't claim to have any expertise about that. But perhaps there is that transformative p- potential with Graven Birch as well. Or I think what most people are, are are suspecting is that it's just going to be an entirely different system reliant on the energy of the guys that we've got and their ability to retain possession. Like we did, for example, when we went down to 10 men and listening to the younger pressure guys uh, talk about how everybody's stats sort of went on an uptick in terms of ball retention and pass completion. Uh, maybe that's going to be the secret to us not needing to do as much defending in that midfield area. It's going to be interesting to watch and very interesting to watch it develop. And it does feel, Dave, like this is a bit of a project year. We'll come back to that, though, in our final uh, assessment of Liverpool's transfer window um, in a few minutes but there were a few other bits and bobs now we'll we'll hold off on the salad chat for a sec there was apparently a lot of loans lined up to happen how many of them did do you know what Trev in the end after all the the speculation it's important to say the inquiries by a number of clubs just a single one so the only one that went out, and literally it was a last-minute job, Tyler Morton is on loan, a season-long loan at Hull. So that happened. The, there was a real surprise, and probably, as you know, if you'd asked us weeks ago, and I think if you'd asked the, the manager for whatever reason weeks ago, probably, you know, Quantum might have gone. I know Doak was negated early in the window. We get that, and we understand why. Bobby Clark, though, I think I actually think the club would drop the ball here. They've done the usual. You got a five-year contract yesterday in extension. I mean, the kid's been really, really impressive in pre-season. And people were expecting, naturally, a loan. And by the way, you know, having sort of sourced journos, who you know the patch journos have been harassing them, and we've been asking around, and everyone's been harassing everyone. But the suggestion was Bobby Clark. Liverpool at one stage had seven loan offers on the table. But Jurgen Klopp has made that decision to keep him around. now. You can speculate all you want and people will say, oh, you'll get time in the Europa and all this type of thing. And, you know, it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible. However, I genuinely think you'd have been better served, Trev, going and getting, I don't know, 20, 25 games in the Championship League One, i.e. men's football. Because he's far too good for that under 23 nonsense now. He's far too good for that. And also, we've also got a lot of midfielders now. Let's be honest. So, People talk about rotation. It's like, yeah, but look at the ones who aren't playing at the moment. Yeah, it's great to Endo, McAllister, Zboslai, great. But there's still Curtis, Thiago, Badge, Harvey Elliott, you know, to come back. And you, you can't sort of play 
10 midfielders, can you, in that regard? So I am very, very surprised. I think there's a lot of journos surprised that Bobby Clark didn't make that step. But yeah, at the end of the day, long story short, just the one. Just the one, yeah. That's that is that is strange, considering as we said, it was only last show we were talking about how many potential moves were on the table. Um, you you mentioned something there, and before we go to our next uh, connecting story, which is Mo Salah and Saudi bids, uh, something just went off in the back of my mind there as you were listing the guys who have yet to play for Liverpool this uh, season, but who are waiting to come back. And I'm painfully aware because of our next story that the Saudi transfer window remains open. And I'm wondering uh, if you've given this any thought, Dave, because I'm wondering if now that Thiago is hopefully close enough to coming back, I'm wondering how right far up to the top of Kloppo's pecking order he goes. I'm wondering, is he the guy who's going to come in and play as many minutes as humanly possible in a Jimmy Milner type way as a, you know, in case of emergency break glass and put him in there type of guy. I wonder if he's that in Kloppo's mind or the fact now that we've got Gravenberch in. And as you said, four midfielders, I'm wondering if this window the Saudi window may come back into play for Thiago. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. I had thought about this. I think why I'm swaying against it, and I'll be honest, I've swayed either way a little bit, so to speak, when thinking about this. The thing about Thiago is, I mean, we know his injury record, and even look, as Klopp said on Friday, he's had another minor setback, another one, Trev. So we're not even fully sure when he's going to be fully back. I mean, Klopp alluded to after the international break, but we know we know the score with Thiago, so to speak, don't we, in that regard? So I don't think that will make him too attractive for that reason to the Saudis. What I also think as well is Thiago, I mean, he's got a very unique skill set, hasn't he, Trev? He's got something that, you know, the other midfielders haven't. You know, you look at his career, his experience, all those types of things. I actually think Klopp, will pick and choose his games and his minutes more importantly. What I mean by that is I'd be very surprised if he makes the trip to say, you know, Belgium, Toulouse, Lask, you know, in Austria, these types of things. I think it's more in certain Premier League games against certain opposition. I'm going to use my joker card as in my trump card as in Thiago and play him and use his experience and his skill set at the right time. That's what I honestly believe he's thinking. However, the issue with that, Trev, is is he going to be fit for them games as we know? You just don't... You're not fully certain, are you, really, with Thiago? But I don't think it will happen. But does anything surprise you with Liverpool? Does anything surprise you with this Saudi window? Not anymore. Not anymore. And we are, regardless of of, um, whatever has been said... Um, we're going to have, because Sky absolutely love it, we're going to have Mo Salah to the Saudi League. Rumours continuing until that window closes. Um, all through yesterday, when it would have been really nice uh, for that to just go away, all that happened was the stories of the amount they were willing to pay increased to the point, like I said last night on AIP, 
that sensible people, calm people who had previously been dismissing it out of hand as like, what? that's, listen, relax, it's not going to happen. Why? How could it happen? We can't buy anyone. According as the amount of time available to get anything done was shrinking to absolutely ridiculous proportions, these people were getting a little bit worried because, again, of the relentlessness of the rumors and the increasing amount that it, it appeared uh, that it was willing to be paid for Mosala's services. Um, I think you have something from the embargo, which again, I haven't been um, uh, exposed to, uh, which may hopefully pour a little bit of water on the fire. But I am curious to hear what you made of that and how much weight you put behind it. It seemed to me as if it was really Sky going off on a solo run because, you know, Sky deadline day, they love a bit of drama. And if there isn't drama, they'll make drama up because quite often deadline day can be quite flat and they just have to um, invent stuff. And that's a story that's just an absolute gift for them. So I'm wondering what you made of it. Walk us through the... um, the, the the escalation of that story yesterday, how serious you think we should be taking it, where you think the manager stands, the player stands at this stage, and if you think it's going to go away now? First of all, I think we should be taking it very seriously because any of the sort of reliable journos, different people that you speak to, it, it is fully serious, this from Saudi, from Al-Itiyad. So that, that is the first thing to say. There's, there's nothing joking around this. The second thing, Trev, as well, is like you say, Sky. Sky are living for this now because all of a sudden they've asked around and gone, lads, we can get an extra couple of weeks out of this, you know, type of thing. Forget the yellow ties. We can keep this rolling on. And naturally, it means you can bring out the so-called experts, you know, those transfer aficionados like Paul Merson and Shay Given, who know the business inside out. You can wheel them out, can't you, Trev, to talk about it. But the other big thing to say is this is fully serious. Ornstein, as he reported, that a verbal bid of around 180 million was 118 was rejected out of hand by Mike Gordon, FSG. That's the level it's gone to. They have come back in. And now, obviously, all the talk is around going up to 200 million. And literally, as some of the the journalists are reporting, they are very serious. They are, you know, they are trying to get Mo Salah as their jewel in the crown. There's no doubts about this. Here's the real kicker and the real big bit, Trev. Having sort of Asked around as much as we can. We're not trying to play ITK. You know, we just, we harass people. We ask that the suggestion is, and it will probably start to break if it's not even break by the time this has been released. Salah's head has been turned slightly, as has his agent, mainly because the salary on offer is pretty much five times what he's on at Liverpool. And there's a huge whacking great commission for Rami if he can make it happen. So that's the biggest thing to say. The second element to it is, and it links to Jurgen Klopp's comments in the embargo, Trev, as well, Mo Salah being the ultimate professional that he is. Yes, the, you know, the heads, anyone's head's going to be turned by five times the salary. You know, the return to being the jeweled crown of the Arab world, all that type of stuff, no doubt. But being the ultimate professional that he is, has not down tools, is not causing a trouble. And in fact, as Jurgen Klopp has said in the embargo comments, professional been brilliant this week been brilliant since the start of the season involved in all the leadership meetings helping all the new players so th- there's nothing that Liverpool are getting a vibe that 
he's down tools, he's wanting out. And you wouldn't expect that from the Egyptian king either, would you? The, the way he is, you know the standing, you know the love we have for him, all that type of thing. So that is the other key element. There's no suggestion Salah is kicking, screaming, trying to get out, which could change the picture slightly. Like, you know, we can't pretend on that at all. However, the chips stack up one way, Trev. He's not kicking up a fuss to get out. Yes, the head's been turned. I get that. You know, and it, Liverpool, I wouldn't be surprised if he's even told Liverpool, you know, please have a listen to these people. No doubts about that. However, the window's closed. What are we going to do? Put 200 million quid in an ISA, Trev, or an instant savings account. You know what I mean? Plus, everyone will know we're minted. So we'd have to wait. And all this talk of, oh, we could go 4-2-3-1. We could push the boss lie up, all the blah, blah, blah. It's utter nonsense. Jurgen Klopp has shot it down. Now, there's always the element you can never say never because they could pony up with 300 million or whatever. But all the suggestions are that Liverpool will reject it, whatever. But I won't mind that Saudi window closing right now, put it that way. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like we're... Again, I didn't see this stuff. When you say Klopp or shot it down, just just reassure me here. Was there a different sort of tone, a definite tone, a dismissive sort of angle in 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 the way that he spoke about it? Kind of did he did he have that sort of are you an idiot kind of face on him? What what, what why are you reassured? Um, because he said that before, and all that's happened is the number has increased, and they keep coming back. Yeah, it's, it's it's reassured as much as you, you can be. And it, it was, like you say, Klopper, when he has that kind of, you know, irritated look to a question type of thing and a bit of the head shrug, the move in the seats type of thing. And as he alluded to at the start of his answer as well, he has answered this about four times in the last two days, hasn't he? Like before Newcastle, after Newcastle, you know, pre the so pre-conference and then in the embargo as well. So you could tell he's getting a bit irritated by it all. But the one thing I would say he did expand that we've said, no, the matter's closed as far as we're concerned. And that bit that he alluded to about, I think is quite crucial for me. Mo is not down tools. You know, he's working well with the leadership group. He's all happy. You know, I've got no concerns at all to sort of paraphrase him. And then, I think people are looking for things. I mean, I don't know if you saw the report from our, our friends at Sky. Literally did the breaking news about Mo Salah leaving training. Yes, because training had finished, Trev, and he was stopping to sign autographs and he was smiling like he does every other day he leaves training. So I'm almost as reassured as I can be. You can never say never because, listen, if they pony up 300 million on the table... The question gets asked again in a different way, doesn't it, so to speak? But for now, I could, you know, no one could ever be 100% certain in this game, but I'm more content than I was, put it that way. Yeah, I think the most likely is what a lot of people have decided is the most likely. And I, I, I'm nervous because I don't like agreeing with the majority because the majority are quite often wrong. But it seems to be lining up that um, we'll, we'll we'll see you next summer, lads, uh, kind of thing. And obviously the asset value, if you want to be absolutely um callous about it will have diminished somewhat you'd imagine uh, unless Mo has a you know hair on fire season which is very possible um, 
and uh, we, we, we go again uh, to echo Stevie. Uh, I, I, I can only assume that will be the case. And, and it's just, it bears saying again, Dave, that a lot of people, I saw a lot of people and well-meaning uh, talking about, you know, the, the comparative standard of that league, talking about um, all the targets that Mo has and the success that he wants to have at the very highest level. And, I, I understand that, but it's a very Europe-centric way of looking at things for a guy who is the biggest star in Arab sport and who could suddenly be elevated to an even higher pedestal. Um, I think Mo Salah, knowing what we know about him, would, would find that incredibly tempting. And uh, I, I would be really interested to hear what he actually thinks currently as well. So I think, you know, people, when they're thinking about motivation, you have to factor that in too, you know. It's uh, it's 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 because it's not necessarily the culture of of us observing it doesn't mean that we can't take that very very seriously as a temptation for Salah. But hopefully, like you say, it's long fingered until uh, the summer transfer window next year. In which case, uh, we'll have a whole uh, season of uh, stuff and experience and hopefully the occasional trophy behind us. And we can reevaluate things at that point. As you say, never say never because they won't uh, say never. They will keep coming. Uh, you know that's going to happen. It's been the pattern of it. If he didn't know better, Dave, you'd say it was time for maximum disruption. Um We've talked about the, the these as a as a disruptor. It does seem that. Um, so with that all said, we've spoken about Gravenberch. We've alluded to the fact that um, he may not certainly won't play in that uh, defensive position, and, and and our feelings a little bit around that. I just want to get an honest review from you of the window. Um, most people like to respond in terms of giving it an out of 10. Uh, it's an easy rationale for people to understand. Um, if you want to do that, do. I'm not pin, pin, pinning you down to that. But just before we move on to the absolute madness that went on around the league and in Europe, uh, tell me a little bit about your overall feelings. We've been doing this all summer. Uh, you must have a general feel at this stage. Is it that word you said earlier on, your improvised uh, vocabulary? Was it, is it the, the, the whelmed feeling, sorry, middle ground? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's a weird one because even when I've been doing pods and hosting, you kind of try not to default to the give it a score out of 10 in that question. But people do. People find that as the yardstick, don't they? I So I'm going to stay away from that, Trev, and I am going to go mixed it really is mixed i'm ex it, like 
Only a fool wouldn't be excited by some of these signings like Zaboslai, McAllister and how they've started and, you know, how they, they fitted in. We started to look. Even Endo, you know, we're just, Christ, the man doesn't know what it's like to play with 11 men, does he, in that regard? But, you know, and Gravenberch, it feels a bit of a punt, for want of a better phrase. But, you know, at that price, with that potential, I get it. I absolutely get it. So there is positives there. I don't want to dispute that. However... There's, you don't want to be a party pooper, Trev, but that that defence not being reinforced, and especially after, you know, Van Dyke suspended for a, a few games, we'll have to see what that is. We're already at Canate with a muscle injury after two games, you know, and he seems as if he thought he could be back, but he's not, according to Klopp, until after the international break, praying he's fit for, for Wolves. And already we've seen Joel Matip getting tired after 70 minutes of first-team football. And Jarrell Quanta, bless him, who, you know, raw attributes look something, but why are we putting so much pressure on a kid? And then, like you said, the Andy Robbo situation, like you kind of wonder how is Simicast still at the club, especially if you want to go down this route and all the links and all the things. It just, you don't want to be a party pooper, but you love the attack. You love what's there. We, you know, we're really keen and excited for the midfield. Alisson, the best in the land, best in Europe, the best in the universe. But there's just that back line concern. And then it comes back to Trev, and people hate talking about this, but you think at the start of the summer where we told us, rebuild, war chest. You know the phrases. We spouted them. We've talked about them. Never happened, did it? I mean, if you look at the net spend, it really ain't that high again. And I know people hate talking about that, and I get it. But mixed. There's positives. There's negatives. We roll with it, eh? We have no choice but to do exactly that. And um, it's more than on the record at this stage that I feel uh, we needed to strengthen the defence, that we clearly had a plan to get uh, a specialist defensive midfielder. Um, You can talk about, you know, um, trusting the manager all you want, but I do trust the manager. I trust the manager when he was quite happy to stretch the club's finances immensely to get um, Caicedo. So uh, it it does feel as if we may be a little bit half-baked in terms of what he would have preferred. And I think it's a bit disingenuous to say otherwise, actually. But, you know, the thing is closed now and we get to go on with this group and they will have every single iota of backing from every decent fan. Um, Like you, I'm, I'm excited to see what Gravenberge can do. I'm, I'm, I've already been more than uh, delighted by uh, McAllister and particularly Sabazlai so far in the small sample we've had. And poor Orlando, you're still right. Like, let's give him a chance to start a game with uh, 11 colleagues and finish a game with 11 colleagues. That might be nice. Uh, and see how he gets on. He will take time as well to adjust. Kloppo said as much that it's going to take him time to adjust. It specifically singled him out in terms of that comment. So when those uh, things start to fall into place, who knows what we'll have in front of us uh, by way of a team. And you can't argue with seven points out of nine. I will say that. Dave, of course, everybody else was busy as well. And we do have some nice little bits of drama. You mentioned earlier on, which we were directly involved with the Polinia thing. Maybe we'll start there uh, because that is an interesting one. I know it comes in later on in the Bayern thing, but there are other Bayern stories to go on with. Before we get to Forest, let's just touch on that Polinia thing because I just imagine that 
kid. We saw him last night. There was like images of him with his backpack walking through the airport saying, see, uh, sorry, no, it didn't work out. As you said, he was in the jersey. I mean, if you're looking for a transfer deadline day horror story, that's it. If you came looking for empathy and feelings, you have come to the wrong house, Trev, because I love this type of stuff. I really do. The deadline day drama. This, this, Trev, is on a par when you remember it. When Peter Odom Wingy rocked up at QPR's training ground, and they wouldn't open. <laughs> so, this isn't quite Fekir style, but yeah, I mean, I was drinking in the tears of misery. I love a bit of the drama. You call me mean, call me whatever, but he does the medical. He's done all his media. Even a few buying accounts have posted it, leaked a few of the photos online, which got taken down. He'd done his interview. It was just waiting for sort of. Fulham to give the green light and we do the transfer on the system, blah, blah, blah. And they just didn't get it done in time. There's always one of these, isn't there, Trev? It's just left too late or something silly. I mean, we even had a few incomparables where Andre Silva at Leicester a couple of years ago, when they actually put the paperwork in at literally five seconds past the deadline and they said no after an appeal, you know, there's always a bit of drama. And this sounds callous, but I don't really care. As long as it's not us, I love it. <laughs> we can always always rely on you for a quietly sociopathic take, Dave, which which I I I, I, I did very much appreciate. Uh, now we start with Forrest, who uh, we all remember Forrest. You know Forrest; they love signing fellas, and then all of a sudden they stop signing fellas, and then we get close to the end. And they go mental again. Uh, Sangare, Dominguez, Murillo, uh, Tavares, Amabamadili, uh, Vlachodimos, Hudson-Odoi, and one out, at least one out. Um, I will I hold my hands up and say I know three of those ins, four, sorry, Hudson-Odoi as well. Uh, but the other guys, I don't know. And they definitely have a high-profile player heading to a Premier League rival. This is crazy. One thing I will guarantee you about Nottingham Forest is they will make the money back in shirt printing, won't they, Trev? You know when you pay by the letter type of thing nowadays, they are going to make <laughs> a fortune back in this because so much got done in 24 hours at Forest. Like you say, Sangare, probably the biggest ones. They get one defensive midfielder that they've wanted. Dominguez comes in, they get that swap with Fruo moving the other way from Bologna. So, They've got two defensive midfielders. Murillo, the young Brazilian centre-half. Tavares, who can play also that holding midfielder, but the left-back they've been searching for on loan for Arsenal. I'm glad you did the pronunciation because that traditional Irish name of Omar Debele, I think it's pronounced. So, yeah, the young Irish centre-half comes in, doesn't he, from Norwich. So, yeah, they, they've reinforced big time, but it doesn't stop. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the Greek creeper who's worth 80,000 at Scrabble's name, but they've got him in as well. Even the young Callum Hudson-Odoi, not that young anymore. Maybe a, a chance he's becoming the new Jesse Lingard, isn't he? So it'll be fascinating to see what happens there. So as Sweeney Todd made his moves, Forrest said, hold my beer. And they went even harder because Brennan Johnson completes that move to Spurs, doesn't he? 45 million pretty much seems to be a flat fee and the report. And then, Trev, the one they kept secret under the radar, the PS de Resistance. Here we go. Let you complete this, Trev. Saturday night, 
and I like the way you move. Divakarigi. Divakarigi <laughs> is on loan at Nottingham Forest, people. Can you imagine the football manager 2019 officiados are getting their tissues ready because Nottingham Forest are going to have Taiwo Awonye and Divock Arini, the Liverpool backup 2019 combination up front. Combined with Nico Williams, it's a football manager fan's wet dream for Liverpool, isn't it? What a team, what a window, what a way to end it. That's a great get for them, I think. It really is. I mean, it's not as if we we, we don't understand what it is Divock can offer a team, uh, how brilliant he can be in moments it could be a real get a really good get for them i think and and uh, you know across the board they seem to have done reasonably well there um i know they've lost brandon johnson but it, yeah i am i I'd, I'd say watch this space with forest um one space we always love to watch is just up the uh just up the road there at our mancunian pals uh at united and they they did some very interesting things. I think you flagged every single one of these on our show on Friday evening. Um, but there was a surprise out, um, which, you know, uh, has a lot of controversy about it. Talk to us about the final deals that got done um, by United uh, in the last little while. Just crazy, isn't it? For a club that spent that much money at the start of the window, well, wasted it on the likes of Mount etc that they're now in this scenario that the end of the window they're playing with buttons and they're fiddling around so yeah Amrabat gets done Trev it was done that late after their nonsense loan offers etc they've not even had time to do like any media with him or anything like that it was done that late they actually got a third party to do it in Pisa so he travelled across there so it wasn't even United that did the medical they've done no media with him it's an eight million pound approximately loan fee with an it's kind of an option obligation as people are phrasing it around 25 million euros but the suggestion is pretty much if he plays that triggers it so it's just a way of fiddling it isn't it on the books financial fair play whatever you want to argue don't come at me type of thing in that regard they do some media though for regulon i mean it says everything where united are that they are celebrating the signing of spurs's spurs's third choice left back and that's not trying to hate on Spurs that's just saying it as it is type of thing like utterly ridiculous my favourite was to see Johnny Evans shuffled across in his Thora Heard Stanister lift and you know positioned at the age of 47 to sign a one year deal type of thing that is just incredible isn't it really and you just think all that money they spent at the start of the window all the moody Norwich scarves that have come out recently all the sitting process protests sorry and they're scrambling for these type of players a yard dog spurs as third choice left back and a 47 year old to cover them at center half and slabhead didn't go anywhere he can't because Varane's injured you love to see it trev i could put it another way but you love to see it it's it's fantastic. I, I I was looking at the photos of um, old Ming the Merciless there, uh, alongside Johnny Evans, and I was thinking, uh, I mean, 
does it have a whiff of romance about it or something? But it's not exactly Robbie Fowler coming back to Liverpool for a swan song, is it? Uh, and it just, it, as you say, it has a little bit of a whiff of desperation about it, as does, um, to say the least, the Regulon signing. Now, maybe he's going to surprise us all. Um, who knows? Uh, and Amrabat, you know, we we were linked with him regularly, a, a solid citizen, I think is what Ron Atkinson used to call them in the midfield. Um, but again, one I would imagine United fans aren't getting too thrilled about. Um, and there was an outgoing, Dave. Yeah, it's uh, we'll keep this short because I know people will have opinions, but Mason Greenwood, Getafe on loan. And that's probably all we should say. Yeah, well, that's all it needs saying. Um we, uh, I was fully expecting um, that, you know, the window's about to close. Todd would have gotten his best shirt on um, and his best gilet, and he would have gone out and decided we're going to fuck shit up um, because it's my last chance to shine. Um, he has been, without doubt, the look-at-me star of the transfer window. He gazumped Liverpool when it came down to a, uh, well, measuring contest. Because, let's just be honest, he was never going to lose that. It became a, a, a private duel uh, based around who's willing to splash the most cash. And they were always going to win that battle for Caicedo. But as the transfer window closes, it closes it with a little bit of a whimper for Chelsea, we have to say. Yeah, you can't really phrase it a different way. I mean, we knew about the Cole Palmer one, as we mentioned, so that gets confirmed. And then, like you say, it's like, where is he going to take it to town, Sweeney Todd? You know, where where's this magic going to come in? And they were kind of at the stage where, as we know, Trev, people needed to go to make that happen. And Christ, did they try? I mean, the fascinating one is they agreed to deal with Burnley for Ian Matson, the Dutch left-back, left-wing-back, who was there last season on loan, where you'd go on loan, it would be, I think, an option for £31.5 which, again, was one of those ones where if he plays, it triggers it type of thing. So that was what they were looking. Matson turned it down. Christ knows they tried to farm out Kukurea as well, didn't they? So... Newcastle had look, United had look, but no one would pay their demands. So no go there for Sweeney. They also still tried late. But Conor Gallagher to Spurs, that was looked at by both, but they just couldn't get a deal done. Simple as that. And poor Trevor Chalaber, at one point he was going to Germany and Munich. At one point yesterday, he was going across the road to Spurs. And at one point, Trev, Newcastle were even asking about him as well. So... Again, they tried to hawk him around, but no die. So despite spending nearly half a billion and fetching in just shy of 300 million, he wanted to do more, but they just couldn't get the outgoing. So Sweeney's one final act, all short. It's kind of it's 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 oddly fitting, really, because uh, you know it, it it he has to be fair uh, been very much like I say the central character of the of the the, the drama that's unfolded around transfers this summer. Um, 
it's interesting that the as you say the last act was a desperate attempt to shift out before he could possibly do one last splashy thing again very hard to understand how all of those left-sided defenders can stay that's weird um but i guess they they know what they're doing <laughs> maybe not um uh, there was again last night another failed move. I just I, it's because I don't see anything on your notes here. I want to throw it out. There was another um, failed move for um, the Southampton lad, uh, and I think people were fancifully thinking we might get in there for Bellacaccia. But that, what, what happened there? Yeah, weirdly, I think everyone it was it was Bayern at one stage, and that was off. It was Dortmund at one stage, and that was off. And obviously, everyone wanted just to jump in, saying three and a half million loan fee. Let's do this one. Then other clubs started looking. Even Newcastle were linked with him. In the end, Trev, he's got himself a, a bloody good move. He's on a season-long loan at PSV, so he will have Champions League football and a, a chance to shine. But yeah, there was expectation where we'd end up, and it just kind of broke left field that. PSV on a season-long loan for Bella Kotchuk. Ha, huh, okay. I, I, I was not aware of that. There are other bits and bobs uh, just to wrap up the Premier League uh, business. And then we'll just have a quick reflection on the business around the league as a whole and who you think actually won the shiny transfer trophy. Uh, we have moves involving or lack of moves involving involving Bakayoko, Damari Gray, Johnson, who we've men- mentioned already and holding and probably one or two others. Wrap up the tidbits of the uh, re- best of the rest. Yeah, even some interesting little tidbits that Rob Holding has gone to Crystal Palace, the Arsenal defender, about four million. So they've got another centre-half they've been looking for. Bakayoko still at PSV and there's kind of a bit of light to this because I would not be surprised whatsoever if he is on a short list for us, shall we say, with Salah replacements next season. But he's staying at PSV. He will play a season in the Champions League. Damari Gray, Trev. I mean, even like what a summer he's had. He's wanted out. He agreed to deal with Fulham. Didn't happen because they got um, the old baby royal assassin, didn't they, Adama, on a free. Then it pretty pretty certain he'd be going to the options with the Saudi clubs, and then it one was agreed. And then literally the club, I think it's pronounced Al-Shabaab, I might be getting that wrong, but literally changed their board, Trev, and the ownership changed completely. So that fell through. Crazy. And then even yesterday, Lille agreed a deal with Everton, and it was all stored, all suspected, you know, all waiting to happen. Everyone was waiting for the announcements. Trev, it fell through at the last second. So after being bounced around Europe, wanting out all summer, Damari Gray has now got to go back, cap in hand to Big Daishi and reintegrate himself. I mean, what could be more Everton in a way than that realistically? And obviously Johnson to, to Spurs was the big one. And there were still a few deal sheets, you know, going through. So don't be surprised if there's a few announcements kind of thing, a bit surprisingly, or people aren't in squad, squads. You think, where's he today at the three o'clock? No, he's made a move, but absolutely crazy enter the window as ever, eh? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. 
As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I do want to get uh, your your take on who you think was the most successful wheeler and dealer. Uh, which which one did you enjoy the most? I think I know the answer to that. But which one then as well do you think actually did the most sound business, all things considered? Yeah, you know where we're going with this. Sweeney Todd, what a man. As my RE teacher in year 10 would say, if I walked past him, I would say to that man, peace be with you. That's what I'd honestly say. However, the club's a bit different. And obviously, if it was uh, enveloped by a nuclear warhead, it would not bother me one bit. All I would do is probably bring my bacon to toast, you know, for breakfast. That would be it. However, the best window, Trev, I almost despise myself for saying this. I'll probably need a shower after this one, but it's hard to look past City, isn't it? You thought there'd be an outgoing or port, you know, an outflux, as it were, of all these players, but it turned out just to be Gundogan. They kept Bernardo, they kept Kyle Walker, extended or set to extend their contracts. You also think of who they lost. Yes, Laporte went out, but they got Gavardiol in, and yes, De Bruyne has got an injury, but Kovacic in. Nunes right at the the deadline even the money I think they got for the outgoings you could think oh Mares, you know that type of thing Cole Palmer but they got Doku in didn't they as that sort of extra choice they kept all the major players they sold their academy well you know to, to balance the books as people seem to ignore I hate myself for saying it but it was a damn good window for City who I think will win the league at a canter there's no arguing with your rationale there for your analysis of of city's business no arguing and of course it gets lost uh in the in the uh, fuzz of chelsea uh and um saudi money that uh they're still operating with all those charges hanging over them um and the originators if you like of the the uh, dubious uh, financial dealings. Um, so, you know, it, it's 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 mad, Dave. They almost get a pass at this stage because everything else is so outlandish around them. And I, I, <laughs> we even saw Guardiola, the absolutely disingenuous gift that he is, uh, doing the poor mouth and saying, you know, they can't buy anyone because, you know, like people are always talking about them and, and people are nasty to them. And what, what about Chelsea? Look over there. Um, remarkable stuff but nonetheless when you analyse the deals in their um, uh, individual significance uh, I think there's no doubt that they have done I think the best business I, I would
would agree with you on both counts. Chelsea, by far the most entertaining for us, but City, tragically, look like they've done the most sensible and uh, efficient deals. Now, we have to take it out and about, away from the Premier League and across Europe. We traditionally stop our bus in at Bayern and have a laugh or uh, cast an admiring glance or just listen curiously. And then we drive on off to uh, France and pull in outside the PSG setup and have a little nosy at what's going on there. So why change that tradition? Um, The other club that we've, especially early in the window, uh, tended to dock at was Barcelona because they're an interesting kind of financial basket case themselves and we always finish with Saudi so let's just do that so we start with Bayern um, we, we've already mentioned and you've gone into detail about the Palinia thing uh, we've also mentioned Bella, uh, Bella up and Chalaba all collapsing what, what do you think that says about Bayern and Tommy Tuchel and his business we listened to him talk about Ryan Gravenberch uh, to focus on something a little bit more positive for ourselves but he was very very uh, clear in the fact that he wanted a defensive midfielder. Um, How would you rate Bayern's business? Bayern's business, in Tommy Tuchel's eyes, will be absolutely disastrous. We know he wanted Graven Burchard, the player wanted to go and all that. You know, he he spoke at his presser, he spoke all summer about that as well. He's been super duper clear, as you said, about wanting a six uh, and, you know, what he's trying to do with this team. I mean, Palhinia seemed a great buy for them, didn't he, in one way. I know he's older. And it's interesting that very much Bayern have changed their transfer structure, Trev, around Tuchel. They just see power seems to be going, despite not really seem doing that that much realistically. But his power seems to be growing. You know, he's getting the final say. Because if you look at the players that are going out and their average age, look at who they were getting in and trying. Like Harry Kane, 30 years old, Palinia. 28, nearly 29, isn't he? You know, the, these are players for them now. These are not long-term at all, but it's all fallen through, hasn't it? Like, Palhinia does his, like say, does the medical, does the media, it doesn't get sanctioned. Also then, they look, he wants a centre-half, so Bella Koch up, but that falls flat for whatever reason. That doesn't happen. Even his old Chelsea buddy, Chalabar, you know, he thought could be multifunctional, as we know, because he can play across the back line, possibly midfield. That doesn't go through as well. So, Bayern will sell shirts based on Harry Kane, because it's an easy one, isn't it? It's the number nine and all that. Bayern will still win the league by a canter, because you look at what the other teams have done and how many people, Leipzig, Red Bull, Flog, Dortmund are always a mess, especially now Bellingham's gone. So, they will win the league at a canter, Trev. The thing they will know deep down is they don't have that defensive midfielder in. They've also lost lost Gravenberg, they're a bit lesser in numbers. Bayern do not have enough to win the Champions League. It's that simple now. Tuchel will know that. The Bayern board will know that. There will be ructions between the two. Don't be surprised if you get Tommy doing one of his moody press conferences or statements. You know, if they lost, well, they didn't give me what I want type of thing. It has a, he has a raffer feel to him, doesn't it? It gets political when he's not happy or it's not going well. So, There is drama to watch still at Bayern, but for all the shirt sales, not a good window. Yeah, I I think when you look at Kane and you look at Polina as as the two objectives, uh, 
I think there's no doubt that he's doing business with the short-term goal of let's win the Champions League. Um, I am Thomas Tuchel, Champions League winning manager. I will win the Champions League for Bayern Munich. I would imagine that was very much part of his uh, hard sell when he got the job in the first place. And you could be right about that squad not having enough, or maybe not. It, 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 we, we, it remains to be seen how they get on, but obviously he has been left with, again, to use a Rafa kind of phrase, he's been left with a lamp when he wanted a sofa or whatever. Um, it's interesting to look at it. And I, I, I would be, if Bayern Munich go out of the Champions League in the early knockout stages or something like that. If 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 I, if I was a citizen of Munich, I'd get out because Tommy's not going to be happy that night. Someone's going to pay. Uh, PSG are obviously also uh, drama queens of the highest order. Not just them, but very much their central man there uh, has been throwing all the toys out of all the prams um, for the summer. But they've ended up with an old French forward line. Speak to us about this. Literally, if there was any even 0.1% doubt of how much PSG pandered to Le Petit shite himself, then this answered it, Trev. But as we know, he's brewed on all summer about Mbappe, Real Madrid, the talks. Obviously, we knew in the latest talks that... You know, what will make you happy, Killian? What will cheer you up? Because, you know, it's not enough to have your mum on the board and things like that. But literally, it's been, you know, the French element. We need to get back to this, as all the ultras are saying. Mouani is done. 95 million euros, Trev, from Frankfurt to PSG. So, essentially, PSG's forward line is, funnily enough, Mbappe said he wanted French. It wouldn't surprise you if it's what starts France's next big tournament, the Euros, eh, with Mbappe, Mouane and Dembele. All his best pals are there. I mean, have you ever seen a club in world football pander to such a spoiled player that his mum's on the board, he almost makes the signings or picks his pals to join to try and appease him? And don't be surprised, I, you, you know, don't even bother setting your faces to stun people where, as it comes towards the summer... And the season kicks on, even January, and we all know, we all know where he's going to Real Madrid. PSG will make a number of concessions and concerted attempts. Don't even be surprised if Mbappe gets offered more than Saudi money by PSG to stay. I mean, I don't. it's quite clear it's not just football. They're throwing everything you possibly could. He wants to go to Real Madrid. But, yeah, it's maybe it might just help him eventually when he does move on, but Moani's in. It's all French. It's all Killian. Let's see what the drama brings, eh? It just feels like they're not serious people. I mean, it's pandering is the word. It's it's a remarkable scenario. Um, and you just it just has that ring of spoiled child about it. Look, let's see how it pans out. Maybe it turns out that Mbappe's. Uh, Football mastermind, and they'll win the Champions League at a counter. Who knows? I, I, that's just, I, I don't like it. It makes me feel a little bit uh, uneasy every time we go talking about those guys and what they're up to. Um, Barcelona love to pull the lever, Dave. Um, if there is, there, if there's a financial lever to pull, they'll pull it. If there's not one, they'll make one up. Uh, they will invent a lever. They were really struggling to find any, though. 
as the window was closing, they still managed to get two high quality players in. And it must have been because there's an unwritten rule in the transfer uh, handbook that you can sign a lad called Zhao uh, on loan. Uh, and no, none of the rest of us knew it. Talk to us about the little bit of business they got done at the end, which, to be fair to them, um, could be very effective for that team. Yeah, on the on the surface, if you adore everything financial, etc., Trevor, it does look like a bit of tidy business for them. So, two Portuguese, lad, Portuguese lads, two Giles, as you said. So, Joao Felix on loan from Atletico Madrid, Joao Cancelo from City, so a fullback and a, a forward, you could call it, so to speak. Very much Barca-style players in the way they play as well. So, I actually think it's a, a tidy bit of business. The interesting thing is, though, because of the financial fair play element with them, it's a straight loan, Trev. They can't include an option or an obligation at all because of that would mean, or what that would mean for the figures. And we know Tabas there, the, the commissioner over in La Liga, is watching them like a hawk. And obviously it could be legal cases and all that. So it's two straight loans because even with having a mortgage, and I love this story, it's still one of my favourites in the way over the summer, how they've borrowed with 23 different institutions is still absolutely insane to get this money for this project and development. But hey-ho, they can still do loan signings, they can still get these players on the books, but on the surface, just purely on the surface, two really good moves for them, to be fair. I can feel myself coming out in a rash even listening to you saying that I hate owing money uh, the, I hate it and I'm just like from a personal point of view the idea of actually having 23 different creditors is a horrific scenario I can't think of anything worse personally and we should finish because why not uh, with, 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 with the, the, the element of our show that remains viable, which is the Saudi aspect, that window does not close. They can still come sniffing around, as Liverpool knows all too well, and and, and, and maybe unsettle, uh, maybe cause absolute carnage if one of their offers is accepted for a high-profile player like Salah. Um, there are a couple of things that are likely to get done. We know there's at least one ex-red involved. Um, I wouldn't mind just getting your wrap-up on what we know uh, has been done recently in terms of business, and then maybe your feel on what you think the the, the fortnight to come will hold. Do you suspect that they may go full disruptor and really unsettle one or two um, players and clubs? Yeah, it's it's not going to go away anytime soon, is it? Like you said, there's the the Salah situation is dominating there now. That's the the star, the headline they won. But speaking of Liverpool connections, we mentioned it the other day, didn't he? Stevie wants Genie and PSG want rid of Genie. Everyone's expecting Wijnaldum to head to Al Etifak, where we'll join Hendo and Stevie. That's expected to happen anytime before that window closes in that regard. Now. This is the big kicker with the entire window, isn't it, Trev? And I'm talking the window of world football. If you actually look at the way it's reported, it's reported in two elements, the Saudi transfer window across the board. I did a bit of research on this, actually. I reached out. The Saudi window, Trev, officially, officially closes on the 20th of September. That's official. That's the communication via FIFA, all that type of thing. However, 
The Saudi League is saying that you must have players registered, and that's the communication they put out on the you know the few various sites and the stories by the seventh of September. There's a little bit of confusion, like. Hold on, what happens between the 7th and the 20th? Can you still do free transfers? Is it open but you can't register? It's utterly, utterly bizarre the way it's being conned. It's like no one really fully understands it. However, there's no good scenario with that, Trev, because if it is the 7th, can you imagine how disruptive they're going to be to all clubs in this next week? They're all taking a big sigh of relief like it's closed. No. Any hesitation... Any of your players are unhappy. We get even a whiff from the agents. We are going out with the the bags of money and we will do everything we can to get these players. There's still a disruption all this week if it's the 7th. If it's the 20th, Trev, even worse in a way you could argue, not not better, that it that just carries on. You know, it's spread over a period. They can keep coming back in and any player, any, you know, underprivileged millionaire who isn't getting that much time on the pitch, etc., could be primed for a move as it is. So this is just going to carry on, whether it be to the 7th, whether it be to the 20th. It's utterly bizarre how they've communicated this. No one's really sure, but I'm not being funny, and I mean this with all respect. The Saudis play with their own rules, don't they, realistically? They are not interested in Europe's in that sense. So this is going to be the paradigm shift, as you call it. It's going to be the disruptor. Right up until the last minute that closes. And as a result, I can see a very high possibility that you and I will have to get together again to do another one of these shows because whether it's over for England or not, in terms of um, clubs doing business uh, in the league we're interested in, as we say, it's not finished for them and they can still swipe and snatch up and, you know, maybe Damari Gray's going to have a little grumble to his agency if anyone else would be interested in him, seeing as that other club have lost interest. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, that would be a comparatively low-key kind of a thing, but there might be, as you say, situations we're not familiar with or big stars who aren't happy with the business done by their club. Uh, and as you say, has a little word with the agent and see, can we get any ball rolling? It's going to be very interesting to watch. But this is the last time we get to do a show over the summer, a transfer show where Liverpool have uh, any say in anything that happens from here on out. Our business is done. We have the squad that we have now. We look forward to the season. But Dave, I want to give you a final word. Um, it's been a, a pleasure doing the shows over the summer with you um, in terms of it's just fun um, even when it's been frustrating for us as Liverpool fans it's also fun because we have all the madness elsewhere to look around um, just your final thoughts do you feel like there may be at least one more show on us um, with this Saudi aspect of things and just your final sum up to wrap the show up yeah I think that there will be especially until it closes there's always going to be that Salad niggling element, isn't it? Completely understandable. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more disruption coming to European clubs. But overall, mate, we love this. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We don't pretend to be ITKs. We tell you what we hear. We speculate. We have a bit of a crack. It's nothing too serious. That's the enjoyable part. And the other thing in the overall summary, Trev, is I wondered how it would go with sort of a, the wider market this summer. But 
you look at the headlines. I mean, the Premier League clubs themselves spent a gross figure of just shy, Trev, of $2.5 billion. $2.5 billion worth of transfers we had to talk about in the Premier League. Europe didn't do too much, so we thought, are our European counterparts going to let us down? We're going to have to pull a story here and there because we know their situation. And the Saudi element was a headline all of its own and the amounts they spent, the players they've got, the people they've not got yet or are still going for. So it's just been layered. It's been dramatic. There's been laughs. There's been lows. There's been highs. But what a ride, eh, mate? 100%. You know, that's the overall takeaway I have is it was fun and it's been emotional and we will probably have at least one more. Like we're we're, we're saying it's wrapped up. There probably will be enough for us to scramble together one more show. I can't help but notice that our incredible usual timing and discipline of being almost exactly an hour has gone to the dogs. We have gone to almost an hour and 10 minutes in our giddiness around this last uh, transfer show, official last transfer show of the uh, window. However, we'll cut ourselves some slack for that. There was opinion to be given. We've tried to give that. There was speculation to be had. We've tried to speculate as wildly as humanly possible. And as ever, because of Dave's research, we had information to impart. And that was done as well. And hopefully that balance of things was entertaining to you because we're looking forward to coming back again when the window opens um, at the halfway stage of the season. But for now, I've been Trev Denny. That was Dave Davis. This is the transfer show on Anfield Index Pro. And we'll speak to you who knows when. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.